Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. We start a new series today. We're going to choose your own adventure, and I'll explain a little bit more about it in just a minute. But to get us in that frame, I'm going to read a Bible story that doesn't really end. It leaves us hanging. And so we're going to consider some possibilities in light of that. So this is from Jonah, and I'm going to read the entire chapter 4. But Jonah thought this was utterly wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Come on, Lord. Wasn't this precisely my point when I was back in my own land? This is why I fled to Tarshish earlier. I know that you're a merciful and compassionate God, very patient, full of faithful love, and willing not to destroy. At this point, Lord, you may as well take my life from me, because it would be better for me to die than to live. The Lord responded, Is your anger a good thing? But Jonah went out from the city and sat down east of the city. There he made himself a hut and sat under it in the shade to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a shrub, and it grew up over Jonah, providing shade for his head and saving him from his misery. Jonah was very happy about the shrub. But God provided a worm the next day at dawn, and it attacked the shrub so that it died. Then, as the sun rose, God provided a dry east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint. He begged that he might die, saying, is it, better, it is better for me to die than to live. God said to Jonah, Is your anger about the shrub a good thing? Jonah said, Yes, my anger is good, even to the point of death. But the Lord said, You pitied the shrub, for which you didn't work and which you didn't raise. It grew in a night and perished in a night. Yet for my part, can't I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes, that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So, I am a child of the 80s. And in the 1980s, there were a series of books that came out that were incredibly popular. And they are the Choose Your Own Adventure books. And here are three of them um, that I still have. And the magical thing about these books is that, first of all, they were written in second person. So they're written, you are a doctor. You are a traveler in the Amazon. You are an explorer. So invited you suddenly to consider yourself the story. And then as you were reading along, you would reach a page. You'd start on on page one, and then you would get to a page that would give you instructions Based on the narrative of the story, you'd have to make a choice. Like this one says, if you say, I'll do it, turn to page four. If you say, no thanks, turn to page six. And depending on what choices you make, the story would unfold any number of ways. It was really very exciting to be invited into the story that way and to make this story your own. And I will admit that I was terrible at solving these stories. 
I almost always ended up trapped in a, you know, in a jail or, you know, lost in the Amazon jungle or I never found who the murderer was and half the time I was killed by the murderer. My brother always figured it out. It drove me nuts. And then I posted about, well, actually texted and said, I'm so excited about doing this series. And my brother said, yeah, hopefully people know to just read until you find the good answer and then read backwards. What? I felt cheated. <laughs> so now, now I know his secret. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But I've been thinking about those stories in light of the Bible because really... That is what the Bible does, too. It is a choose-your-own-adventure story. Yes, we are hearing stories of people that happened long, long ago, but they are, they are stories that are meant to shape us, to cause us to ask, what would I do in that situation? What can I learn from this lesson, from this story? How would I choose to live this story out? And some of the stories in the Bible deliberately leave us hanging like the end of Jonah because very intentionally what they mean for us to do is figure out how we would end the story so in the course of this series that's what we're going to do and I'm going to take it easy on you the first week um, I'm going to read the story and we're going to be kind of a subsidiary character we're not going to be Jonah um, from here on out, we're probably going to be main characters, but I'm going to read us a story, and then at the end, we're going to be invited to make some decisions. So here, this word, this choose-your-own-adventure, and imagine yourself in this space. You are a scribe who has worked a few years for a prophet named Jonah ben Amittai. It's been a pretty good gig. He is respected and a fairly famous prophet. You figure he'll probably even make it into the history of the Israelite people. Like if someone writes a history of the kings and prophets at some point, you bet he at least gets a mention. Also, your job is to write down his prophecies. While people may never remember who you are, there is a possibility that the things you are writing down may be remembered years later, maybe even centuries. That gives you a great deal of purpose in your work. All was going well until that one day. Jonah was in prayer, listening to hear the word of the Lord like he always did. But unlike most days, when he would come out and instruct you to have papyri and pen ready, when, as he ordered servants to call their masters to come hear some great wisdom of the Lord, this day he started rushing around, packing a small bag and gathering together his money in haste. He burst out of his tent, shook your hand, and said, It had been great working with you. Pressed some coins in your palm and then started to run. You cared enough about this man to grab his arm and say, Wait! After all, he had been more than an employer. You'd also started to think of him as a mentor and a guide. Wait, you said again. Where are you going? Jonah looked distractedly past you as if he was watching for some threat in the distance and said, honestly, I don't know. Probably down to the pier to see if there's a boat that can take me far away from here, maybe as far as Tarshish. I know this much, though, he said. I am not going to Nineveh. Nineveh? 
Of course he wouldn't go to Nineveh. Just a few months back, he'd received a word from the Lord that Nineveh was going to take over the northern kingdom of Israel. You remembered how much he hated delivering the bad news, that the only thing that kept him going after a long day of delivering that bad news was knowing that maybe his words would help people correct their ways. And of course, he had hope in the Lord God, who was always a merciful and compassionate God, very patient, full of faithful love, and willing not to destroy. He said that so often, you could recite it in your sleep. You even had a little shorthand note for it when you were jotting down his words before you finalized the scroll. As you stood there, puzzling over Jonah's exclamation that he wasn't going to Nineveh, he shook loose of your grasp and ran down the street. Well, that's it, you thought. It was a good gig while it lasted. At least you were in a port city, and that meant a lot of people passing through. Hopefully you would not be out of work for long. You spent a few days in town, honestly taking a chance to enjoy some time between jobs. There had been the remnants of a storm that formed over the sea that blew through, but mostly it had been a nice break from staying alert to someone else's thoughts, words, and movements. But while you were sitting at the inn having a drink, suddenly you looked up and Jonah stumbled in the door. He looked awful, and he smelled even worse, like he had been laying in piles of fish for days. He walked right over to you, leaned in, and you leaned back, trying to be respectful but also trying not to lose your lunch, and said clearly, grab your things, we're going to Nineveh. It was a few days' walk and you stayed silent for most of it. Honestly, you didn't know what to say. And you weren't exactly sure that Jonah was in his right mind. The whole way he kept mumbling to himself, I told him to throw me overboard, figured that would fix it. But no, you, God, had to send a big fish to swallow me up and vomit me out. Also, I'll give your message to Nineveh. Seriously? You were definitely questioning Jonah's sanity, but you also have some concerns about your own. Why exactly are you sticking with this guy? Maybe it's because you really do, or at least did, admire him. Maybe it's because you know it is good work. Maybe you're genuinely worried about your friend. Maybe you just really wonder where this story is going. Whatever the reason, you are still along for the ride. When you get to Nineveh, Jonah's rage has built up to levels you have never seen. You can understand why he would be angry at a people he knows are going to destroy your own. As for you... You are just scared. The Ninevites have a brutal reputation. And it seems clear that all Jonah is here to do is antagonize them. For, three, for the whole three days that it takes to walk across their city, Jonah just shouts, Just 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's it. Nothing else. But maybe the most amazing thing is that of all his prophecies, this one was the most effective. The king of Nineveh heard it, and he ordered everyone, even down to the animals, to fast and put on mourning clothes. And the king himself did this and sat in ashes. You are amazed. You have never seen one sentence be so effective, not in all your career as a scribe. It is proof to you of how great a preacher Jonah is. 
He truly is a prophet. But then, once Jonah finished yelling at everyone, he turned and yelled at God for saving the Ninevites. You are shocked to hear Jonah angrily yell at God, even sarcastically saying he knew God would be merciful and compassionate, very patient, full of faithful love and unwilling to destroy. You are also shocked to hear the voice of God respond, asking if Jonah has any right to be angry. You aren't surprised by God's question. You're just surprised you are hearing the voice now. Jonah stormed out of town, picking a vantage point where he could look out over the city. He continued to shout at God, even after God caused shade to grow around him. And then when the shade plant died, Jonah really lost it. You began to worry about what Jonah was going to do from here. God had asked Jonah if it is right to destroy people, especially repentant people and innocent animals. You seriously wonder what Jonah's game plan is from here. He is so angry at God that you could totally see him quitting his work as a prophet. Maybe he would go try to find the fish who swallowed him and create some sort of attraction where he lets the fish spit him out for people to pay to see. Maybe he'll just stay up on this hill yelling curses at the Ninevites until, and God until he becomes known solely as some crazy hermit. Maybe, after a few days, he will realize how effective he was as a preacher, and he will start going from town to town shouting one sentence that makes people change their hearts and lives. And maybe, just maybe, he will come to realize that God's love knows no bounds. He will listen to the words he has said over and over about God's mercy and faithful love. Those words and this experience will convict him and change his heart, and he will go back into town and make friends with those who are supposed to be his enemy. You have been with Jonah for years, and you know him pretty well. What do you think he will do? Friends, this is the point where you pull out this. And get your phones or devices, open your camera, put it on the QR code, the little box there. When the little yellow um, minty.com pops up, you click on that, and you get to vote. Where does Jonah go from here? Now, you do not have to pick what you think is the right thing to do, right? You pick what you think Jonah is going to do. So you can walk away from God and start ancient sea world, right? Um, repent and befriend the Ninevites. Um, become a one-liner televangelist. Or set up residence outside town like the Grinch. So you can choose which one you think he's going to do. This is kind of tough. Choose one and then hit submit. Brooke is going to share with us the results at the end of the service. For those of you that are online, we will put them online for you to see. Um, and I encourage you to do two things from this. First of all, consider what we all decide we think Jonah will do, right? And then maybe play the story out from there. In fact, that's what I'm probably going to do on social media. So watch social media, and we'll see where the story goes from there. But also ask yourself. Ask yourself if you were in Jonah's shoes. He has good reason for being upset, but he follows a God who includes all, who loves all, who cares for all. That's the choice that's put before us as well. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.